Good morning, Westridge. Good morning. Uh, today I want to start out by reading uh, Psalm 139. It was written by King David. Um, you can follow along on the screen, or I put it in the app for you guys to take any notes. Um, I just want you to take this time to listen to David's words closely and just soak it in. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down, and you are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for the darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb, and I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days were ordained for me were written in your book before one of them even came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. And when I awake, I am still with you. Amen. That whole passage showcases just how much God intricately is a part of our lives, even in the places we didn't realize. God is not sitting up in his throne room waiting for your text or your email to pop up when you need him. He is a source of constant, radical love for anyone who is willing to accept it. We all have people in our lives that know us well, but God, he knows every detail. Sometimes we tend not to let others in or see all of us because we're worried about what they're going to think about us if they find out about the real me. We imagine that there is bound to be something that they're just not going to like. Matthew 10.30 says, You, beloved, are worth so much more than a flock of sparrows. God knows everything about you, even the number of hairs on your head. Are you pushing God away Are you falling into his presence and realizing that you are his beloved child? The word beloved in Greek is agapitos, which translates to the word to worthy of infinite affection. Some of you may be thinking to yourselves, well, I'm definitely not worthy. I have done this. I have said this to someone else and I have secretly thought this. We all fall short. 
And God knew it all in advance, and yet he deeply loves you. It's hard for us to understand that. So I just want to introduce you to David. The book of Psalms is a collection of hymns, songs, and poetry gathered gathered over the course of five centuries, and a bulk of them were written by King David. He was a celebrated musician, poet, and he composed, inspired many of the Psalms. He definitely was someone in the Bible who had a lot of difficult days, difficult years even. You may know of David because of a story from his childhood where he defeated the ugly and probably smelly giant Goliath with a slingshot. But after that, David went on to have political and military success through a civil war with King Saul. However, he had his shares of mistakes by sleeping with his best friend's wife, and then having his best friend uh, be brought to the front lines of battle where he knew he would be killed. Hatred, rebellion, and murder were woven into his family life. And through his highs and lows, no one judged him more rigorously than himself. Can you imagine having your life story laid out for every one of us to read in the Bible? So even with all of his mistakes, he writes, you searched me, Lord, and you know me. I remember when I was working one time, I was talking with my boss about an upcoming event and some of the issues we were having with it, and I decided I was just going to run my mouth without any sense of control and blame it on this other coworker. You want to guess who decided to walk in behind me at that time and heard everything I said? that coworker. I felt like a total jerk. I apologize, but all I really wanted to do was just go crawl in a hole somewhere. Have you had a similar story like that too? At times, I bet David just wanted to hide because he felt unworthy. However, God knew exactly all of David's faults. Uh, After looking through some research this week, I found it amazing that if you can just guess the name of David in Hebrew, what it means. It means beloved. His name meant loved by God with infinite affection. And just because we messed up doesn't mean he has stopped pursuing us. Psalm 139 through uh, 7 says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Nowhere. God is with us through each situation and each trial that crosses our path. He is omnipresent, which means he is everywhere. His love for us is constant and unwavering. He views us as his children, and that's why it says in Romans 8, 38 through 39, For I have every confidence that nothing, not death, life, heavenly messengers, dark spirits, the present, the future, spiritual powers, height, depth, nor any created thing can come between us and the love of God. Can you imagine a situation where there was someone in your family that you loved dearly, and for some reason they just wanted to separate themselves from you and your family? What would you do? For myself, I imagine one of my own kids, and I would continue to love, pursue them, and fight for them until my last breath. You probably noticed uh, that parents want to capture every moment of their baby's first year. 
Before the days of social media, my parents had this little calendar with notes, uh, records of my weight, and well-loved pictures, and even the remaining piece of my umbilical cord okay, that falls off the week or so after you're born. Everybody's got their weird things, right? Well, fast forward five years later, my little brother had arrived, and he was now a toddler. And with two working parents, nobody has time to write things down in a calendar anymore. So that got tucked up into my closet. One day, my mom hears me hysterically crying, and she comes upstairs and asks, you know, what's wrong? Not understanding what's going on, she saw uh, the calendar on the floor, and my brother finished swallowing what he thought was a raisin. Okay. Unfortunately, it was my belly button. All right. You have no idea how long I've held out on that story, okay? But it is a cautionary tale to all you new parents, okay? As unique as that story is, it's fascinating to think that each one of us were created inside another human being. God created the whole universe and galaxies. He crafts individual snowflakes. He made over 400,000 species of plants, That God is the one who cherishes every unique detail about you and chooses to love you. God's own character was lovingly imprinted into the life of everyone. At the end of the psalm, it says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. When an artist, welder, or a musician is putting something together, it is not done flippantly. It is molded and shaped and sharpened over a period of time. And that piece becomes a work of art. I realize most of us have a hard time understanding just how much God loves us. It's a concept that our brains just can't handle sometimes. We can miss out on it, though, because we have a hard time believing it or trusting it. For some, it's because of the relationship with our earthly father. Parents truly shape our life, and that impact on us is lasting. For some of you, only fond memories and laughter fill your mind when you think of your dad. However, I'm sure a lot of you have a vastly different picture. You may have felt like he didn't listen to you. He intentionally put you down in order to toughen you up. You tiptoed around the house so you didn't have to become physical. Or he was just never there when you needed him. Your idea of dad leaves you feeling unwanted. So when the idea of God as a loving father comes into the picture, it's confusing because it's been negatively affected by our earthly father. It's okay to question and doubt him if you're coming from that place. But be assured, when you heal and you work through those wounds, God is worthy of your trust, and he has been patiently pursuing you all along. So now that we understand it a little better, what does that look like in our day-to-day? For myself, I know God loves me in my heart, but after a while, I kind of forget it. I set it to the side until I really need it. And it's easy for us to take something so important to our faith and just tuck it away. 
What do we do? We go to church on Sunday. We pray when we feel like it. Read our Bible when we have time. And when we are in desperate need of his love, we finally decide to take God out of that little box that we put him in. My question for myself and for you today is, how has his love changed our life? My friend Julie recently uh, got to travel to southeast India with her father, Don, who's in ministry there. India is a vibrant culture, but there is an underlying issue that, until last weekend, I was unaware of. In 2015, the World Economic Forum reported that India had an estimated 46 million widows residing there. 46 million. That is the equal to the population of Spain. Julie and their team traveled to different orphanages and widows' homes that the ministry sponsors to hear their stories. In India's culture, when your husband dies, because of tradition, a widow's family disowns them, and they believe that they're now a financial burden and seen as unwanted baggage. These untouchable women have nowhere to go but the streets. So, this ministry's goal is to provide widows shelter, and they are cared for, provided meals, and taught job skills. India's prominent religion is Hinduism, but they don't need to be a Christian in order to live there. Um, Their mission is just to care for them and show God's love through that. One night, as Don spoke to the women, he asked them, since coming to this home, how many of you have a relationship with Christ? And every single widow raised their hand in that room. One of the widows in the front row was crying, and he asked, what has changed because of your relationship? The woman said with tears rolling down her cheeks, no one has loved or cared for me. You provided food and a place to stay, and you told me that there was a God who loves me so much even when I'm considered untouchable, that he allowed his own son to die for me. So what in my life has changed? Everything in my life has changed. Everything. I don't know that woman's name, but because of her story, I am reminded that God loves me, each and every one of us. If God has changed everything about my life, am I acting like it? It's so easy for us to go through our day-to-day, our lives even, forgetting that simple truth. Do we intentionally love those around us in our life so that our own story is just another reflection of him? Some places to start um, to kind of think through this are journal about Psalm 139. Pray through it. Spend some time in silence, listen to music, whatever provides you a space where you can heal if you need to, understand it more and come to realize that you, you are worthy of his love and it is known deep, deep within your soul. So when someone asks you what has changed because of your relationship with him, you can certainly say, he knows me. And I am his beloved.